0: Repodcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. we Repodcasting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia.
1: And I'm Janet.
0: Hi, Janet. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing in Calgary? Good. Finally, nice and warm.
1: Ah, beautiful. And hello to all of our listeners who are back with us.
0: Yes, thank you for joining us again. Yes,
1: I'm excited because this one is going to be a good one, I think.
0: Yeah, we, we have a real treat for the listeners today. We are recasting the 1991 film Point Break.
1: Should we call it the 1991 cult classic film Point Break?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely is a cult classic. So, um I picked this movie to recast uh because well, for a couple of reasons. Like we have talked about it's no surprise to anybody listening that neither of us think Keanu Reeves is a particularly good actor. So, I know, but he's having like sorry to interrupt you, but He's Right now, he's having like a total career renaissance, I think. Absolutely. And I have to say, he's won me over. Yeah, yeah, you were saying you saw that
1: it's that romantic comedy that he has like a cameo in, right?
0: Yes, uh, it was called Always Be My Maybe on Netflix. And if anybody here hasn't seen it, please watch it. It's great. The Keanu thing is great. But even without him, the movie is really good. Um, But yeah, like he's absolutely won me over. Now, that being said, I don't suddenly magically think he's a good actor, but he seems like a really decent human being. He definitely throws himself into everything. Like, he tries very hard, which I appreciate. And uh, in films where he doesn't have a lot of dialogue, he does great. Yeah, that's that's the key to his best performances. Mm -hmm. Very little
1: dialogue. So here's my question. Why did you want to recast Point Break?
0: Okay, well, I hope you won't be mad at me. It was the only way I thought you would watch this movie. (laughs) <laughs> no, that's, you're lying. No, I'm serious. I literally wrote that down. I picked this movie because Janet's never seen it, and I figured this was the only way I could get her to watch this amazing movie. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I should be, like, really angry with you right now, or... Oh, or if you should be thanking me. I don't know. You decide. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, I think we have a lot to unpack
0: here yeah. before we get started. We do. So and I'll, I'll start off with uh, with our usual segment, which is going to come to a close soon, but uh, our iTunes reviews. So, oh, no. <laughs> well, yeah, we only have a few left to read, so please feel free to leave us an iTunes review and we'll happily read it on air. Um, so, this month's iTunes review comes from the user Avery in Canada, and the review is, I always like to find out where Tony Danza will end up. Thanks for the fun podcast. <laughs> oh, I yeah
1: so lovely. Thank you very much. whoever you are, Avery in canada i that's well I think one of my favorite parts of the podcast is
0: fitting tony danza into the movie me too definitely i actually have a suspicion of who avery might be and that'll lead us into um just a reminder that Repodcasting is a proud network of the alberta podcast network powered by atb um there are so many amazing other podcasts on the network with us we're in such good company and we think you should listen to the podcast mess hall hosted by someone named Avery. I don't know. Coincidence? Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Um, But on this, on the Mess Hall podcast, Avery has comedians on, and sometimes others, to talk about food, local food, international food, all kinds. So definitely check out Mess Hall, along with all the other amazing podcasts at the Alberta Podcast Network. Awesome. Yeah. And, oh, that's albertapodcastnetwork.com, if I didn't say that. Okay, so let's launch into box office for this movie, Point Break. Yes, so the budget was $24 million, which felt like a lot of money for 1991. Yeah, that's pretty healthy. I don't know. And then the box office, it did
1: quite well, went on to do $83.5 million as a worldwide growth.
0: Yay!
1: Yeah, it was a hit. And it came out in July of 1991. So it was like a summer
0: blockbuster. For sure. And I will say I contributed to that 80 whatever million, 83 million because I went to see this movie in the theaters with my sister and I forget who a friend of hers. Oh, wow. I was 10 years old and I was just- <laughs> Probably there were definitely a lot of things I didn't get. I remember having to ask my sister about a bunch of things. The one that I remember the most is when Keanu is speaking with John C McGinley when he first arrives to the FBI and the FBI director is asking him if he's healthy and he says, "I take the skin off chicken." I did not understand that at all as a 10-year-old. I didn't know that chicken skin was bad. Listen,
1: I am in my 40s, and I still didn't understand this
0: movie watching
1: it the other day, so <laughs>
0: oh, don't feel bad that you didn't understand it as a 10-year-old. Oh, God. <laughs> and I don't know if it's because I was 10 when I saw it and my brain was still forming and I didn't, you know, really watch a ton of different kinds of movies, but it blew me away. I loved it. This movie blew me away the other day, too. <laughs> when I watched it, this movie blew me right away. <laughs> oh, no. I'm still blown away. I'm still feeling
1: the mental reverberations from this movie. <laughs> I watched this on Saturday. Um, you know, the most surprising thing about... Because I knew nothing about Point Break, oh. other than the fact that Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze were in it, and that it was about surfing. Okay. Other than that, I knew nothing. Nothing. Wow! Like, this movie never piqued my curiosity at all, so I was really fascinated to find out that Catherine Bigelow yeah. directed this
0: movie. Uh huh. Because she's very accomplished, for sure. And this is yeah. an amazing movie. This was an amazing well, early point of her career. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> this could be the movie that finally ends this podcast <laughs> oh, for no. good. Yeah, there's no way we're going to agree on any part of this. <laughs> no, I don't
1: think so. Because here's the thing. When people would talk about this movie with such love, I thought they were being serious. Well, you were anyway. Yeah. But now I realize that people have been talking about this movie as in, oh, it's
0: amazing. As in, oh my God, it's so Yes. No. But people leave that part out, yes. No, there's no way. The people who say it's amazing genuinely love it. People are watching this
1: ironically and saying <laughs> that they love it, and, but that's sarcasm. Like, their words are dripping with sarcasm when they say that this is an amazing movie because I had always just assumed it was, like, a really fun movie and... Okay,
0: well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Okay, when this episode drops, I am going to put a poll on Twitter and on Instagram and everything and ask people if they love it ironically or not. Okay, that's a great idea. Okay, the synopsis, for those who haven't seen it, and P.S., what are you doing? Go see this movie if you haven't seen it. Push pause, stop what you're doing right now, and go watch this movie. Okay, and now you're back, thanks. So... (laughs) An FBI agent goes undercover to catch a gang of surfers who may be bank robbers, and awesomeness ensues. Did you make that up? Awesomeness ensues? Maybe. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Just the the whole premise of this movie is so ridiculous. They're bank robbers that also happen
0: to be surfers. (laughs) Sure. Uh, It's so... They They need to fund their surfing lifestyle somehow.
1: Yeah. yeah, I (laughs) I guess.
0: Well, surfboards are expensive. I guess. I don't know. I don't know much
1: about surfing. Oh god. If I was writing the synopsis of this movie, I actually wrote my own. Oh no. (laughs) <laughs> the homo eroticism that is the undercurrent in this movie come on when they remade this movie in 2015 they should have made this as a love story and i'm being totally
0: serious yeah yeah, yeah i like, know yeah and that's like, that's a fair assessment totally oh yeah totally
1: i mean the loving looks
0: <laughs>
1: those long lingering
0: But, so, Keanu Reeves is just, like, dripping with sexual beauty in this movie. Because the chemistry between him and Patrick Swayze is off the charts. And I think the chemistry between him and Laurie Petty is off the charts. Oh,
1: okay. See, I didn't really feel the chemistry between him and and Laurie
0: Petty. Like, for me, this was a gay love story
1: between Bowie and Johnny Utah. (laughs) And can I just say that the name... Like, the names alone kind of set it up for you. Bodie, Johnny Utah, that has to be, like, one of the best (laughs) character names that I think. Like, that's in the top five, for sure. Um, FBI agent Angelo Pappas.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Gary Busey playing a Greek FBI agent is pretty great. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. To go like I feel like there is so much to <laughs> unpack when it comes to this movie. Like I don't even know where we should start.
0: Yeah, there there is, there is. So let's just start. You go ahead with your recasting and then I'll do my recasting. Alright. So I'm just gonna dive right in. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> I'll start with Bodie's
1: character played by Patrick Swayze. And I mean obviously, Patrick Swayze was a total heartthrob Mm in 1991, right? You know, rest in peace, Patrick Swayze, he's no longer with us. But yeah, he was because he had just come off of like the success of Dirty Dancing, right? So Mm -hmm. I totally get the casting. Obviously, he was a really big deal at that time. I don't know if Keanu Reeves, I can't remember if he was a big deal in
0: 1991. No. I don't think he had had any starring roles at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, sorry, wait. Bill and Ted's had already happened. Oh, had it? Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't considered a serious actor by any means, and in fact, Catherine Bigelow fought for Keanu Reeves. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, she said she wouldn't do the movie without him. The studio wanted, like, a higher profile actor like Johnny Depp or somebody like that. Mm, Okay. I will say this. It's
1: Surfer heist (laughs) film, which I think that should be a genre.
0: Yeah. I feel like there should have been more
1: surfer heist films made
0: after this. Finally, we agree. Yeah, I don't know why
1: there weren't more uh, more
0: copycat movies. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it could still happen. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Someone needs
1: to make it. I just want to read this one thing that I read during my research. So critics pretty much enjoyed this from like what I read, but there were some bad reviews that I found, and there was one by this movie critic. His name is Hal Hinson, and he wrote for The Washington Post. I don't know if he still does, but at the time, this is what his review was. And I thought this was so good because this really summed it up for me. Bigelow's picture is a feast for the eyes, but we watch movies with more than our eyes. (laughs) She seduces us, then asks us to be bimbos. (laughs) And I was like, yes, Hal Hinson, whoever you are, that is exactly how I felt. Because I thought visually... It is a stunning movie. Like, the shots that you get of the waves and the surfing, like, it was really cool. Like, the premise is so ridiculous. (laughs) It really is. So, I just was laughing through the whole thing. And sometimes just, like, sitting there speechless with my mouth open because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. (laughs) But, I mean, for the most part, I thought the performances were good. Like, I thought all the actors played their roles well.
0: Well, well. Okay. Yeah they were fine I mean what can you do with a movie like this right I mean you have to just roll with it so Patrick Swayze's character so I recast Val Kilmer oh okay as Bodie, like I said I think Patrick Swayze
1: was fine in it I thought he was believable as a surfer he was great he looked good The only thing I thought was that he looked a little bit too old for the role. Because I was looking at him, and I mean, I think I actually looked it up. He was about 40 years old when the movie came out. And I was like, I guess there are 40-year-old surfers. I'm sure there are. I mean, people can surf until they're 90, I suppose. But I just thought he should be a bit younger. But mind you, Val Kilmer is probably about this, I don't know. Old he was then. Val Kilmer's 59 now.
0: I don't know. I I can't do the math. He would have been been like 31 ish. Yeah. So he would have been a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just thought Val Kilmer could have channeled that whole surfer dude role
1: really, really well.
0: Um, Patrick Swayze almost came off as like being too smart. I guess we're supposed to believe he has to be smart because he's the leader of these criminals. Who've robbed he's 30 dumb. banks without yes, being he's caught. Like he's mastermind. So he's a smart surfer. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We're t- now I totally, like, I'm stereotyping saying <laughs> that surfers are dumb. They're not dumb. Surfers are not dumb. But I just, I don't know. I thought Val Kilmer would have channeled it really well. I could I could see him playing a surfer. Totally. I could, too. That's a very, very good pick
1: so I selected him. Uh, Johnny Utah, <laughs> amazing. Keanu Reeves, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I'm not much of a Keanu Reeves fan. I think we talked about this when we recast The
0: Matrix yeah. last
1: year. Mm-hmm. Like, he's okay, but he just always comes off as so mechanical yeah. in his acting, right? And, yeah, definitely, I think he does his best work when they don't give him much dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Keanu Reeves fans. So, I mean, I enjoyed the chemistry between him and Patrick Swayze, obviously. Mm-hmm. They clearly had so much, like, especially Keanu Reeves, the way he would look at him with those long, lingering looks, right? Yeah. Like, there was so much thirst in his eyes. It was like, Johnny Utah wants Bodie so bad. <laughs> so I picked someone who... I've selected before, and he's like one of my favorites, because I think he's really underrated. So I picked Skeet Ulrich,
0: Oh. because
1: I think he totally could channel that, and I think yeah. he's a better actor than Keanu Reeves, too. I googled photos of him in 1991, and he was just so... I mean, I still think he's good-looking, but he just looked so good when he was younger. I could totally
0: see him surfing and giving Dal Kilmer a loving look. <laughs> was he around that age, around 25? He is
1: a little bit younger. Oh, okay. Because Keanu Reeves is actually 55 in real life. Mm-hmm. And Skeet Ulrich is 49. So he's a little bit younger. Okay. But not
0: much. And had Skeet Ulrich been in anything by 1991? I'm glad you asked because <laughs>
1: he was actually in the
0: craft. Oh yeah Which was kind of like His breakout role Okay So imagine If he'd been in Point Break Who knows what would have Happened to his career Yeah Wow. he's just I really think
1: he's so underrated he started off so strong and then I don't know what happened there
0: but right. yeah I
1: would have liked to have seen him in that role and then FBI agent um, Angelo Pappas <laughs> Gary Busey you know I was watching Gary Busey I was like oh my god this is what Gary Busey's face used to look like because I honestly didn't remember him
0: before <laughs> Cause, you know like now yeah. I don't That's the exact word I was going to use. Yes. Like, I'm not sure what exactly
1: has happened to Gary Busey over the years. Mm -hmm. I suspect that a lot of substance abuse has played a role in what has gone on with him, Mm -hmm. both aesthetically and just
0: like... Mentally? Mentally, (laughs) yeah. In this role, he comes across, there's this manic energy to him, which, I don't know
1: if that's the way the character is supposed to be or if that's what Gary Busey <laughs> brought the role. I don't know. Anyway, I was glad to see that he had a job in 1991. <laughs> I'm like, great, good for Gary Busey. Um, so, you're going to love who I cast uh. as Angelo Pappas, because I was like, why didn't this actor get the role, especially... During that scene where Johnny Utah and Pappas are supposed to be staking out the bank. (laughs) Meanwhile, it's getting robbed while they're supposed to be staking (laughs) it out. And Johnny Utah goes
0: for meatball sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. You know who should have been in that role of Angelo Pappas? It should have been Tony Danza. No. I said it. Did you cast Tony Danza circa 2006? He was way too young to play that. To play... To play the 22-year grizzled veteran? Yes. No, in 1991? He was in his 20s in 1991. Or, sorry, early 30s, early 30s. Tony Danza's in his 60s. Yeah, this movie is almost 30 years old.
1: Yeah, I know, but... Almost seventy. I don't know. Listen, I cast
0: Tony Danza. I don't care what you think. I put him in that role. I could have seen him in that role. So there. I could have seen him in that role ten years later. Why are you trying to attach? Sort of realism
1: to like the casting in the first place. Did you watch this movie? There is nothing (laughs) realistic about anything that goes on in this movie. So I can cast Tony Danza as Pappas if I
0: want. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this was a documentary. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So much realism. Oops. I can't possibly cast Tony i as a 25-year-old veteran. Oh, whatever. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That's very funny. And if you're talking about, like, a 40-year-old or 50-year-old Tony Dance, I totally agree that he would be so great in that role. <laughs> All right. Well, who are your picks? Okay. Well, you're going to complain about mine, I'm sure, but that's fine. <laughs> um so for Bodie, I, I agree. I thought Patrick Sweezy, I thought he was good, but I did think he was a little too old as well. I was trying to think of, I don't know, somebody who can kind of do the surfer dude thing. And my first thought was of Sean Penn, who played oh, Spicoli yeah. in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So yeah, so he would have been around 31 at the time of this movie. Kind of perfect age-wise. Um, he had only been in Shanghai Surprise and Colors pretty much, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High at this point. That's what he was doing around then. So, I think it, it would have made perfect sense. He would have been enough of a big name draw. I think at yeah, that time. That's true. That's yeah. True. I don't think Patrick Swayze was bad or anything, but I think Sean Penn's a really good actor. So I think he would have been really good. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I could see Sean
0: Penn doing a role like this. Hmm. And he was pretty cut at the time, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. Yeah, like Sean Penn
1: used to be attractive when he was
0: younger. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And moving on to Johnny Utah. I mean, I my love for this movie is not ironic, but these names are ridiculous. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, so even like I thought Keanu was fine in this role. As much as I like to complain about his acting skills and everything, I don't think he was bad in this. Or at least the bar is at a different height because I already know it's Keanu, so I'm expecting way worse. (laughs) So I thought that John Cusack would have been really good in this role. Oh, okay. Yeah, he hadn't really starred in a lot at this point, um, but he had already done Say Anything. And I think that was kind of probably like a career launcher for him, if I'm not mistaken. So he was 25 at the time, which is the character's age. And uh, he was a little cutie pie. But I can't see
1: Sean Penn and John Cusack in a love story together.
0: No? Like, I can't. Im-
1: no. No way. I can't imagine those
0: two like, oh giving
1: God. each other loving looks.
0: I totally can't can. John, sorry? I totally can. Really? I can picture it so beautifully. It would actually be, like, more compelling than Keanu and Patrick Swayze. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> I can't envision it. Okay. That's my mental roadblock to overcome. Okay. And then for Angelo Pappas, I'm so with you. It was kind of weird to see Gary Busey the way he looked in 1991, (laughs) just knowing what he looks like now. But yeah, Yeah, so. his face was normal still. Yeah, absolutely. And I used to get him and Nick Nolte mixed up all the time. So initially I was like, oh, I'm going to cast Nick Nolte. But then it felt too obvious because I used to get them mixed up all the time. So it felt like it was too similar. Um, and then I was trying to think of, because so, you know, he's been doing it for 22 years. He doesn't like it anymore. He has no, you know, like he doesn't care about the job anymore. And then the person who popped into my head was Danny Glover from Lethal Weapon Movies. Oh. Yeah, but I was like, okay, he did four Lethal Weapon movies where that's his character. So I didn't want to cast him either. (laughs) And, And then I thought, oh, my God, Richard Roundtree, who played Shaft. So people knew him as Shaft. I don't think he did a ton of other stuff. I could be wrong. Sorry, don't come at me. So that was his most famous role. And then, you know, 20 years later, you're seeing him as the old tired cop. Okay. yeah, he would be, like, a good... I could see him being... Yeah, sure, he always plays cops, too, doesn't he? Maybe. I don't know. I should have looked at more I don't of his know career. Who he is, to be honest. But that's just me. I don't know... What's his name? Richard Roundtree? Yes. Yeah, I don't know who he is. But that's probably just me being completely ignorant, because I probably should know who he is. Well, I also... Like, I only know him as Shaft. So... I'm in the same boat as you, but thinking of Shaft and then thinking of old Shaft, and I was like, oh, that's great. So I thought that'd be just like a fun, campy pick. okay. You know who actually I could see in that role maybe as well
1: was maybe he would have been too young in 1991, Kurt Russell. How old is Kurt Russell?
0: Yeah, that's a good pick too, but I think he, I don't know how old he is, but I think he probably would have been a little too young at that time. Probably would have been in his 30s as well, I'm thinking. I'm going to try and look it up if my internet will work. I think he's like in his 70s, Kurt Russell. What? I don't think he's that old. Yeah, he is. 70s? Oh, yeah. No, let's bet. (laughs) Well, you can look it up. Yeah, I am. 1951. So he would have been 40 at the time of this movie. Oh, okay. But yeah, that's a fun pick too. 40, yeah. I mean, he's a bit young for it, but not too young. So I don't know if you saw any of the other picks that the studio had, like p- other people who auditioned for Johnny Utah. I saw Johnny Depp's name, but I don't know which role they wanted him for. Yeah, it was Johnny Utah. He was quite young okay. then. Okay. I think he would have been great. He had done 21 Jump Street at that point.
1: Yeah, Johnny Depp could have done it. I saw
0: Val Kilmer's name at mm-hmm. too. after I had already cast him. I saw his name, but I didn't see anybody else so yeah val kilmer was actually auditioning as well for johnny utah but i like your pick better of putting him as bodhi right. okay. and then the other people who this is all for johnny utah this is what i saw i don't know if it's correct this is what i read charlie sheen yes that's right i saw his name too okay in fact patrick swayze at first was looking at Johnny Utah, which is kind of, or not that he was trying for the role, but I think they asked him or something like that, which is weird because, you know, like you said, he was almost 40 and the character is 25. And then another one was Matthew Broderick. Yes, I saw his name
1: as well.
0: I can't picture that at all. Yeah, I don't know. And then the last one that I saw was Willem Dafoe. As who? As Johnny Utah. I know, it's crazy. That's why I'm like, I don't know if the information that I read was correct. Yeah, I can't see Willem Dafoe as Johnny Utah. No. I can't even see Willem Dafoe in this movie. I could see Willem Dafoe as Pappas when he's the right age to do so. And that's it. Yeah, maybe, but Willem Dafoe is too smart to do a movie like this. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I just have a hard time picturing Willem Dafoe in a movie like this. Yeah. And then Elizabeth Berkeley from Save by the Bell and Showgirls. <laughs> oh, okay. She had a small scene in the movie oh. and oh. yeah, and it ended up being cut before it was released. Oh, okay. Yeah. That would have been interesting. I wish there was deleted scenes that were kept back then. Well, there was apparently
1: an anniversary DVD
0: or oh. I don't know. There was something about
1: the making of I saw oh, nice. about it. I just found a lot of, you know, oh, it's a cult classic, and then
0: just people sort of going over the different ridiculous scenes in the movie. Well, it is an absolute cult classic, and it inspired a piece of cult theatre as well. Did you hear about Point Break Live? I think I read something about it, yeah. Yeah, so this was live theatre in which the role of Johnny Utah is played by an audience member chosen like when the play is about to start kind of thing and the new Keanu reads all of his or her lines from cue cards for the duration of the entire show to capture the rawness of a Keanu Reeves performance. <laughs> yeah like
1: the- bananas. <laughs> no, it is. Like, there are just certain, like, there were certain scenes, you're watching it, and you're like, what is going on? My, can I just tell you what my favorite, most ridiculous scene in the
0: movie was? Oh, please. So... <laughs> The fact that Johnny
1: Utah has to go undercover as a surfer, but he has no surfing (laughs) skill. Okay, I get that, right? So we're supposed to believe that he's had two surf lessons, and he hasn't even had successful surf lessons. (laughs) He's sucked at them super hard. But then he decides to go night surfing, (laughs) because... Like, that's definitely an easy thing for for someone who doesn't know how to surf to do, right? To mm-hmm. go surfing at night. Like, mm-hmm. it's complete darkness. And he's been drinking, no less. <laughs> <laughs> but because he gets into the water and Bodhi is there, <laughs> and there's that love happening, and he feels... yeah uh, quickly and then he shouts out i'm fucking surfing <laughs>
0: Well, Lori Petty is clearly an amazing surf teacher.
1: Uh, no, it was the power of Bodhi. It was so, he was just feeling, that it was like osmosis. <laughs> and he was just sucking up Bodhi's surfing power. That's what it was.
0: You know what? I think you're right. And that's why he's yeah. so drawn to him and he can't quit him. Oh, he, yeah. Like, <laughs> the love Lingering looks that he would give him <laughs> were just so good. Or when he
1: isn't able to shoot him, and then he just sky
0: shoots and yes. starts screaming. That was another one of my
1: favorite scenes in the movie.
0: Oh, that scene is a classic. Oh, that's a classic. <laughs> yeah.
1: Over the love that he feels in his heart for Bodie, that he can't shoot him. He sees, even though he can't see his face because Bodie is wearing his Ronald Reagan <laughs> mask, sees his eyes, it's like the magnetism, and then he just starts shooting into the sky. You know, if they, honestly, when they remade this movie, they somehow should have put Gerard Butler into this movie. <laughs>
0: As Papas. <laughs> <laughs> no, as Bodie. No. <laughs> uh, agree to disagree. I mean, the whole thing is bonkers, I get it, but I absolutely love when he yells, I am an FBI agent, just like the cadence of it, the intensity of it is just wonderfully absurd. Yeah, absurd that is a perfect word <laughs> to describe this movie. This was actually Keanu's first action film. Oh, really? Yeah, so his past career was mostly like teenage movies and art house films. And some critics feared that this would ruin his career. (laughs) (laughs) Little did they know that it actually like started him on the path of this incredible career of action movies. Yeah, the three leads, Keanu and Patrick Swayze and Laurie Petty, they all learned to surf for this movie. None of them knew how to surf. Yeah, I saw that. And Patrick Swayze, I was reading that he did a lot of his own stunts for the film yeah he's pretty impressive actually like i was reading about him wanting to do a lot of his own stunts on this movie including the surfing and i don't know i was pretty impressed considering he had never done it before um and then the skydiving as well he did a bunch of skydives in preparation for this that's right yeah i saw he did something like 55 (laughs) yeah Yeah. yeah absolutely And then I did find a few other fun things. Oh, actually, I don't know if you noticed this. So after Johnny Utah follows Bodie around for the day, like when he first realizes or suspects that that's who the bank robber is, he follows him around and then he comes back to Gary Busey and he's like, I followed him to Patrick's Roadhouse. And I thought for sure that was an inside joke. His real name is Patrick Swayze, and he's the star of the movie Roadhouse. But no, it turns out there's a place in Santa Monica that's been there since like 1973 called Patrick's Roadhouse. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I didn't notice. I was probably too in awe
1: of what was happening. My brain
0: was arrested. So your eyes were rolling too far back in your head to notice. One of my
1: favorite was when Johnny Utah's character pulls out his cell phone. (laughs) I mean, I know it was 1991, right? So there's a lot of things that you're watching and you're like, oh, this is an old movie. But at first, when I saw him pull out that phone when he's in the car, I was like, why does Johnny Utah have a satellite phone? (laughs) (laughs) That was my first thought, right? And so then I was like, oh, wait a minute. This
0: movie is from 1991. Okay, that's not a satellite phone. Satellite <laughs> phone. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> it's a Zach Morris phone. <laughs> oh yeah, it was. I was really
1: enjoying it. You know what I think it was too? Like just watching this, I feel like we're too cynical of a viewing audience to accept certain things. Sure. Like in 2019. Do you know what I mean? Yeah we make fun of anything that's earnest sure. because there's such earnestness in this movie the way they look at each (laughs) other and just some of the dialogue and it's like we are so cynical as movie watchers yeah i
0: mean it's like you said it's almost 30 years later so i think that's why i like watching it maybe is because i think i hadn't seen it since In the theater. Maybe I caught clips here and there, but I had never sat down and watched it from beginning to end since 1991. And I was kind of worried that it wasn't going to hold up or I was going to hate it or whatever. And I had such a fun time watching this by myself, sitting alone in my office watching it. Wow. Yeah. And it was just fun. And yeah, it's earnest, but it's, I don't know, again, it could be a nostalgia thing of like I was 10 when I watched it so you know there's good memories attached to my initial watching of it I don't know yeah that has to be it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I had a hard time getting through it because
1: I was like this is ridiculous I just kept saying that over and over again this is ridiculous
0: this is bonkers this is bananas it doesn't make any sense what it was just that
1: was like my ongoing dialogue
0: I wonder if you had known ahead of time that it was also about bank robbing, if that would have made you go along for the ride more?
1: I don't know. It was just the whole thing. There's no realism whatsoever. You know what it is? There's a lot of fantasy stuff that I enjoy watching, but that's because I know it's fantasy, right? Mm -hmm. You expect it. It's not real. You're not supposed to believe that any of it's happening, but I think there's too much of the logic police in my brain. (laughs) Hard time with it because I was like, none of this makes any sense. How can surfers be bank robbers? <laughs> or even when Keanu Reeves' character gets into the fist fight with all those surfers at the beach, yeah. and then you know Patrick Swayze's character swoops in and saves him. Like those surfers have knives on them. I know like, they're surfing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> strong with me. Speaking of those surfers, did you notice that one of them was Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers? Well,
1: I didn't notice because I wouldn't
0: know what he looks like. Oh. But when I did my research for the movie, then I saw that, yeah, he was <laughs> one of the surfers. Yeah, that made me laugh. So they actually, I don't know if you read this, this was incredible to me, I had no idea. So 20th Century Fox had planned for a sequel in 1993. Well, exactly. It was a big hit. The script had been written, and it was even in pre-production. And despite the film's grossing, you know, ninety million worldwide, this sequel was scrapped, and I couldn't find out why. Oh. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I didn't see anything in my research either. Hmm. Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, if this movie came out today for the first time in 2019, a sequel would be lined up right away. Yeah. We're much more into the whole sequel thing than we used to be back in the day but yeah this is a movie that they they totally should have made a sequel to this Mm -hmm. even though it's so ridiculous (laughs) well spoiler alert for I mean if you haven't watched this movie really it's
0: like 30 years old (laughs) look who's talking you just watched it for the first time of two days ago (laughs) I won't talk about my ideas for the sequel (laughs) 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 do you have any other fun facts No, no more fun facts, but this made me giggle during the movie is uh, Gary Busey kept calling Johnny Utah hotshot, which in the movie Speed, the, is it Dennis Hopper? (laughs) The bad guy in Speed keeps calling Keanu Reeves hotshot. Oh, really? Yeah, but that came out, I don't know, four or five years after this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. All right. And then lastly, if you don't have any facts to add or anything like that? No, I don't. Okay. The ratings for this movie. On IMDb, it got a 58%, so definitely not great. And then on Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 79 I got to say, I'm leaning more towards the Rotten Tomatoes side of this one. (laughs) Well, obviously. You love this movie. I really do, and I think I'm going to watch it more often than every 28 years. (laughs) You should watch it once a week. Well... (laughs) Uh maybe not. Maybe like once every few years. Has your
1: husband watched this
0: movie? Yeah, he has. Does he like it? Um I'm uh. <laughs> not sure. Yeah. It, right? I'm not sure. Probably not. Yeah, I'm thinking not. He's certainly... well, he's not effusive about it, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. That's mildly. He's not effusive. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I think now is a perfect time for a break before we head into our last segment. This episode is brought to you in part by the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit, which happens on October 10th. The Wellness Summit is a day to explore fresh perspectives and practices around wellness. This year, the focus is on what it takes to create healthy workplace cultures where everyone thrives. Supporting the health and wellness of employees is becoming a major consideration for many workplaces. And Alberta Blue Cross wants to connect the dots of what it takes to create healthier workplaces with happy people. Among the speakers is Victoria Granger, founder of Wellness Works Canada. She has 20 years of experience working with the public as well as not for profit and private organizations in developing, implementing, and evaluating comprehensive workplace wellness strategies. Alberta Blue Cross has designed the summit so that you're not just sitting and listening. You'll have a chance to actively engage with the information, the speakers, and other attendees, and will come away with practical tools and evidence-based resources you can use, whether you're a frontline worker or a C-suite executive. The Summit is at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel on October 10th. Learn more at thewellnesssummit.ca. Okay, and we're back with our final segment for the podcast. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It is time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. Janet, I think you kind of gave this one away already. <laughs> I did it already. I'm yeah. way ahead of you. I cast Tony Danza as Agent Papas. I love it, but uh, I cast him as Bodhi. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Yeah, he was only one year older Why? than Patrick Swayze at the time that this movie was made. Why? Because I want to see him shirtless on a surfboard? (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, I
1: understand that.
0: Mm -hmm. I can't see Tony Danza as a surfer, though. I know. It is kind of, like, hard to picture. I mean, listen, I think Tony
1: Danza can play just about any role, as we've certainly seen, you know, with all... I mean, we've cast him into so many different movies. But yeah, I can't see him as a surfer, I don't think.
0: I could see it. He like he kind of had longish hair at that time. If they bleached it blonde a little, no. Tony is all—he's pretty much all white now, and he looks good. Yeah, I honestly I think it would have been fun to see him as the role of in the role of Bodhi. Okay. I think that about does it for this month. We I think we did a pretty good job on this one, even though you hated the movie. (laughs) Yeah
1: well i definitely won't be re-watching it no i'm almost curious to see the remake that they did in 2015 i heard that it was absolute garbage it got
0: horrible reviews yeah what i read about it is that they focused on like the extreme sports part of it and like that looking cool and everything but that the plot, or I don't know if it was the plot specifically, I mean, here's the thing it's probably along the lines of you watching the 1991 version of being like, well yeah, it looks nice but it's dumb, to audiences in 2015 who aren't right. going to accept it
1: well, you know what I thought was interesting too was the release
0: date Oh, they was released that? it on Christmas Day <gasps> oh really? Day. so they clearly had high expectations mm-hmm for it. Yeah. Because usually those
1: Christmas releases, they expect it to be a big moneymaker,
0: and it actually lost money for Ooh. the studio. You know, the problem is that they didn't
1: focus on the gay love story. Yes. And that is the direction that they had gone in with the remake, mm-hmm. I'm
0: telling you. They right? probably should have, yeah. Yeah. In all seriousness, I feel they should have remade it. And put that spin onto it. And I think audiences would have been into it. Yeah. Why couldn't they have a story
1: about these two guys developing this attraction and and falling in love? Someone needs to make that movie.
0: Yeah. I am on board for that. I, I don't know. I have no interest in watching the remake myself. Right. Even though I love this movie. And I'm really shocked that it had a Christmas Day release. Yeah. I was shocked too when I saw that. Clearly, they expected it to do big things. I guess they were banking on the nostalgia because Christmas movies, Christmas Day movies tend to be family movies. Like the kind you go to with your whole family because usually whole families are together at Christmas. And this is a surfer movie. Like it has summer blockbuster written all over it. Yeah. I bet that hurt its chances too. Perhaps. Yeah, you could be right. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. So next month. We have a special treat for everybody. Janet, do you wanna say what the next movie is? So
1: the next movie that we will be discussing or er,
0: discussing <laughs> Freudian Slip. <laughs> Spoiler
1: alert. Um, the next movie that we will be discussing is Silver
0: Linings Playlist. Play. That's the name of it, right? No. Nope. Oh shoot. Playbook.
1: I've got playlists. I was really thinking about music. I, can't, I don't even know the name of this movie. Silver Linings Playbook, and it stars Bradley Cooper and Jennifer
0: Lawrence. And I think, who else was in it? Robert De Niro, right? Yes. So if you haven't watched that movie, please watch and join us. Yes. Uh, it's on Netflix in Canada. So, yeah, give it a look-see and then recast it with us. We are repodcasting on all the social media stuffs, And you can email us if you have any comments, feedback, or suggestions for movies that we should recast at repodcasting at gmail.com.
1: Yes, and if you have any thoughts about what you've heard today about Point Break, or if you also love this movie earnestly the way Lucia does, please let us know.
0: Yeah. And Lucia, you're absolutely right. If you hadn't picked this movie, I never would have watched it. So I did my part. <laughs> your, your plan was a success. I'm so glad. Okay, well, thanks for joining me, Janet. Thanks, Lucia. Bye. Bye. Looking for tickets to major sporting events, concerts, or theater events in your area? Use the ticket resale site, seatgiant.ca. Seat Giant is Canadian-owned and operated, and they guarantee every ticket. All of their ticket prices are in Canadian dollars, even for events that are in the U.S. You can use the promo code APN, all lowercase, at checkout to get 5% off your purchase. What does the APN stand for? Alberta Podcast Network, of course. So find more than a million tickets at SeatGiant.ca and use the offer code APN to get 5% off at checkout.